0: The Holy Roman Empire has already been reborn. Two leaders will rule this revived Holy Roman Empire during the end time, and that will be the Antichrist and the false prophet. Well, we will discuss current events setting the stage for the soon revealing of these two leaders on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon everybody I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries and thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Wow is it already 2022? I mean time is moving so fast. I remember years ago when Irvin Baxter was teaching prophecy as a, and, and I was coming up in his church as a kid I thought man God's gonna you know he, he would always say that something happens every 2,000 years on God's uh, timeline here and you know the first 2,000 years there was Abraham then the next 2,000 years there was Jesus Christ here on the earth and then the next two about 2,000 years is going to be the second coming of Jesus Christ so I thought in my mind well hey in the year 2000 it's going to happen right I'll be 32 years old probably have a couple kids you never know what's going on but here we are in 2022 and the prophetic events are being are are being fulfilled at such a rapid rate it's almost breathtaking 2021 was a an unbelievably chaotic year i mean we all lived through it right but now 2022 is already i mean we what what are we 3 days into it and it's already promising to be another banner year for world government world religion and, and um per, you know, precursors to the mark of the beast, and I mean, I've got articles flying at me from everywhere. People all around the world telling me what's going on in New Zealand, and Slovakia, and in Germany, and all over the place, and so, and and in Israel today. So, here we go. Everybody buckle your seatbelts because here comes twenty twenty two. Now. The Antichrist, you know, is the coming one-world dictator. I mean, he's alive right now, and he's waiting to be revealed. He's referred to by many uh, names in Scripture. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three through four refers to him as the man of sin, the son of perdition. He's referred to as the beast in Revelation 13 verse four through five. And, you know, a beast in Bible prophecy represents a kingdom or a nation along with the ruler of that kingdom or nation. But the name um, most associated with this end-time world government dictator is the Antichrist. And in our present day, this coming ruler is called by the name. We will refer to him. When I come to the radio someday, when he is revealed, I'll say X person, I'll give his name and I'll be able to say he is the Antichrist. At this point, we can't do that. Yes, we can speculate who we think might be, but we simply are not there yet. But there will come a time very soon when I will be able to do that. 1 John 2.18 says, little children. Now, and, you know, there are there are some people that say, well, hey, you know, that, that, there's no way. We're going to know who he is. There, There's no Antichrist in the earth. This is all just... You know, um, just a myth, right? First John 2:18 says, "Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard, that Antichrist singular shall come, even now are there many Antichrists plural, whereby we know that it is the last time. So it's been prophesied that there will be an Antichrist. And singular individual, the Bible talks about this, there are over 50 prophecies about the Antichrist in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in Scripture. So there will be an Antichrist coming on the scene. Antichrist simply means against Christ, or to be anti is to be against. So it also means in the place of Christ, which from where will the Antichrist come from? I mean, this man who's against Christ And who wants to replace Christ? Will he? is he going to be from an Islamic country? Is he going to be from Europe? Is he going to be from America? Well, the Bible tells us in Daniel 7, 8. Daniel said, I considered the horns, referring to the ten horns, the ten kings that will support the Antichrist. In Daniel 7, 8, he says, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a man, a mouth was speaking great things. So this is a prophecy about the Antichrist, and this tells us that the Antichrist will come out of a ten-horned kingdom. This ten nation—it's uh, it's a ten king alliance. We know these horns represent kings, and the Antichrist, which is based on scripture. I'm not going to take time to go down through all of it today because I'll never get to all my points. But the Antichrist will come out of this, these ten kings. He's going to uproot three of these kings. Well, which ten kings? They are the same ten kings symbolized by the ten toes of the image in Daniel chapter 2. The ten toes were part of the, of the image in Daniel 2. Nebuchadnezzar's vision, remember, the statue. There was the head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of brass, Legs of iron and the feet of iron mingle with clay. The 10 toes on that statue is the same exact thing as the 10 horns in Daniel 7. They're 10 kings. Daniel 2.44 says, And in the days of these kings, same thing as the horns, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all the kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. When Jesus Christ comes, he will smite the image on the feet where the Holy Roman Empire is. The feet of iron mingled with clay is the Holy Roman Empire. And the whole system of world, world and human government will come down. All the efforts from Nebuchadnezzar until today, all the efforts towards a, a world governing empire, it's all going away. Remember, it says God will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed and never pass away. The legs of this image, the legs of iron, they represent the Roman Empire, which ruled from about uh, 200 B.C. to about 300 A.D. Then the last segment of the image represented the five world governments that would rule the world from 600 B.C. all the way from Nebuchadnezzar until the second coming, not the first coming, but the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this is the segment of the iron mingled with clay. The iron, iron was the Roman element. And the iron with clay symbolized the Holy Roman Empire. This is the empire that will rule at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we'll get more off into this and then we'll get into some current events. When we come back from the break, you won't want to miss these next segments. Because folks, 2022 promises to be
1: The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end-time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end-time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
2: Major Internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth we will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search Into the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play.
0: Wow, we're going to start the year 2022 running as fast as we can. This coming Saturday, January the 8th, from 6 to 8 p.m., we're going to start the year off with our first Prophecy Conference right here in Garland, Texas, at our North Cities Church. This is our home church, 502 Beltline Road in Garland, January 8th, 6 to 8 p.m. I'll be teaching a new lesson that I put together, The Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom, I found some stuff that have, I've not been on the radio with yet. I wanted, I'm going to be teaching it in our conferences this year. You will be shocked <clears throat> how much of the world is already under the heel of a socialistic ideology, and it's all a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Well, we're going to go through a lot of that this coming Saturday night. You will not want to miss that. If you're anywhere in the, um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex, North City's 502 Beltline Road, And then Sunday evening, we'll be doing part two, Breaking Prophecy News. That's January 9th. That would be at 6 to to 8 p.m. And again, that's at North Cities, 502 Beltline Road in Garland. And all the information you can call, our number's here, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to end time uh, events and then conferences to get all the information there. But again, it's our home church here in 502 Beltline Road in Garland, and we'll see you there from 6 to 8 on Saturday evening, 6 to 8 on Sunday evening. Uh, Looking forward to that conference. Got two brand new lessons, and um, you'll, you'll be shocked at some of the information. I got video clips. I got all kinds of stuff. It's going to be awesome. So get ready for the conference this coming weekend. Now, back to the Holy Roman Empire. And this will affect all of us. You say, well, that's the Holy Roman Empire. That's over in Europe. This is going to affect everybody. Everybody on the planet is either either going to be complying with this or resisting it. The Holy Roman Empire has always been from Europe. The ten toes of iron mingle with clay on Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel 2. And this, this means the ten horned kingdom is going to come from Europe, from the Holy Roman Empire. The Antichrist will come up among those ten horns from Europe or the ten toes and so he will arise out of the revived Holy Roman Empire. The ruler of the Holy Roman Empire has always come from Europe and the ruler of the revived Holy Roman Empire, the reborn Holy Roman Empire will come from Europe as well. In other words, the Antichrist is not going to come from the United States. He's not going to come from the Middle East. He's going to come from Europe. It's very easy to prove that scripturally. Now, the Antichrist kingdom is depicted in Revelation 13 as well. The depiction is divided up into three sections. Revelation 13 1 through 8 refers to the Antichrist and his world government, Revelation 13 11 through 15 refers to his religious partner, the false prophet. And then at the very end, religion, uh, Revelation 13, verse 16 through 18, refers to their one world economic system they will use to force obedience and compliance towards the edicts of their, their government and, and their religious system as well. Revelation 13, 1 through 2 says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns. And upon his head's the name of blasphemy. The beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. Feet is the feet of the bear. Mouth is the mouth of the lion. And the dragon gave him his power, seat, and great authority. So this beast, this kingdom with its ruler symbolizes the last day world government and its ruler. The last day world government is going to include most of the nations on the earth today as well as the reborn Holy Roman Empire. The ten nation unions going to merge into this world governing system. They're going to support and be an alliance, a full alliance with the Antichrist. The beast had the body of the leopard, feet of the bear, mouth of the lion, the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom. So these beasts, which symbolize separate kingdoms in Daniel 7, they have federalized into one single kingdom in Revelation 13 through the process of global, Globalization. The nations included in this world government beast are Germany, the leopard, Russia, the bear, Great Britain, the lion, and the ten-nation alliance, the ten horns, which is yet to be revealed. And that's going to be from the Holy Roman Empire. And this kingdom will be ruled by the Antichrist for three and one-half years. The Antichrist will be a peacemaker. He's going to come promising free stuff, free health care, uh, free, um, you know, let me pay off your college debt, free everything, right? It's going to be a socialistic, communistic, one world governing body. Socialism promises all kinds of free things in the beginning, but there's a million strings attached to it in the end. It's all about government control is what it's about. So the Antichrist, he's going to come on the platform of peace. Obviously, he's, gonna, he's going to... Um, flatter many. He's just going to come and say, hey, I'll give you all kinds of free stuff. And he's going to deceive many through his brilliant intelligence. The Bible says the Antichrist will dominate the world, but he will face resistance. We believe that's going to be, the United States will be one of those nations. Of course, his main message and the main event that reveals the identity of the Antichrist is the abomination of desolation. You know, when we see this man stand on the Temple Mount and claim to be the ultimate authority, or even the Messiah, or God, then we can know he's the Antichrist. It's at that point that I can come on the radio and say, hey, X person, I'll call his name and say he's the Antichrist. At this point, I cannot do that. A religious leader uh, will be the partner of the Antichrist. He's going to promote the Antichrist. The most powerful religious leader on the earth will support him and influence the world to follow after him. The religious leader is going to be the Antichrist. The false prophet is going to be the most famous. Now think about the most famous and well-liked religious figure on the planet right now. Think about who you think that is. Okay. In the future, that individual is going to use his religious influence to to convince the world that this it's already actually happening now. Many many, uh, popes of the Roman Catholic Church have done this for years already. But they're going to convince the world that the world government and New World Order is a good thing, and that the New World Dictator is a gift from God, and that he will exalt and enhance the Antichrist and influence the world to follow after him. This is happening in many ways, folks. The world religions gathering together, supporting the one world government, pushing the sustainable development goals, and everything else, which is a socialistic blueprint by the United Nations to govern the world. The religions of the world are supporting that, supporting it. Revelation 13, 11 says, And I beheld another beast come up out of the earth with two horns like a lamb, and he spake like a dragon... And the first beast had seven heads and ten horns. That's a world-governing beast. The second beast had two horns like a lamb, but he speaks like the dragon. Who's the dragon? Of course, that's Satan. Usually, the word lamb in the Bible refers to something that's good. But, you know, Jesus Christ called the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. But though this, this connotation of a lamb makes this second beast seem good, The perceived goodness of this beast is going to be very deceiving. He's going to look like a Christian individual, but he's going to be very deceptive in his message. He's going to look like a lamb, but he's going to speak like the dragon. He's going to have Satan's message, pushing the one world government, which is Satan's effort to rule the world, the one world government. It's his effort to build his physical kingdom here on the earth. That's why you wonder why the United Nations hates Israel so much because Satan hates Israel. You want to know why um, the United Nations is socialistic in their ideology because Satan wants control. Socialism, communism is about control. Capitalism, freedom. The false prophet will be very powerful and his religious influence is going to put him in a position of great prestige, right? with kings and leaders of the world will look to this individual. Consider the Council for Inclusive Capitalism right now. All these major businesses on the planet teaming up with Pope Francis to push the sustainable development goals. It's all about driving uh, socialism in the end. Control. Revelation 13.13 says, "...and he doeth great wonders, so that he makes fire come down from heaven." on the earth, in the sight of men. He's going to be doing great, many miracles. And the Bible says many people, because of the miracles that he done, were deceived by this. Oh, he caused fire come down from heaven. So he's got to be a spiritual individual. Not all miracles come from God. Satan has power as well. Remember the magicians back in Egypt with Pharaoh. When Moses threw his staff down and it became a snake, the magicians did the same thing, and theirs become a serpent as well. So not all miracles come from God. You better know your Bible when you're starting to decipher these things. That's why we want to teach this stuff as we, as we go along. The false prophet will be a chief perpetrator of the great tribulation. He's going he's to cause those who will not pledge allegiance to the world government nor join the one world religious system to be killed. The Bible says in, in uh, Revelation thirteen fifteen, And then in 16 and 17 it says, And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. This false religious leader will be involved in implementing the mark of the beast. The Antichrist and the world government will demand that the whole world conform and pledge allegiance to their one world government and their one world religious system. One weapon they will use to force conformity will be their approval for participation in the economy. They're going to economically sanction individuals is what's going to happen. Now, some nations already have a a national ID card. Actually, the majority of nations, the people who live in those countries, they cannot hold a job without a national ID. Every, even America has a bill introduced that would require Americans to have a national ID. It's called the Real ID Act, turning our driver's license into national ID cards. And the use of an economic boycott will be the means for forcing compliance with the New World Order and the One World Religion. For this to be accomplished, the false prophet and the Antichrist will have to... They're going to work together in an alliance. They're going to have have an agreement. Most of the world will think that this plan is good and they're going to embrace it. The Bible says, most of the world. The world's going to think this is the way to have peace and security, right? But it will be this level of conformity. Everybody just yielding up their sovereignty to this entity... That's going to usher in the Great Tribulation because the Antichrist will not have the... um, He's not going to be for the people. He's going to want control of the people because he is going to be ruled by Satan himself. The Holy Roman Empire has always had two leaders, a political leader from Europe and a religious leader from Rome. The Pope, all the way through, This began back in 800 A.D. when Pope Leo III placed a crown on the head of Charlemagne, Charles the Great from Germany, and pronounced him the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. The political leader is going to be the Antichrist who comes from Europe and the religious leader, false prophet from Rome. So the Pope at the time of the Antichrist, you say, well, is that Pope Francis? I don't have the answer to that. A lot of people think that he is very, very sick, I've heard reports on that, and he may not make it through this year. I've actually read articles on that. So I don't know at this point if it's Pope Francis or maybe one of the successors right behind him. So the Pope at the time of the Antichrist, whoever that is, he's going to be the false prophet. And there are even Catholic prophecies that predict an evil Pope that will come and be the last Pope. But the Antichrist and the false prophet, they're certainly alive today, folks. They have to be. With everything coming down the way it is, all the prophecies are converging together right now. We're too far advanced into the prophetic fulfillments for these leaders not to be alive. And yes, we don't know who they are, but we will know very soon. Even when the peace agreement signs, we'll be able to really narrow it down a lot more than we can today. But we won't know for sure. So we're living in unprecedented times. I mean, it's time. You say, well, why are you telling us all this? Because I want you to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know, history, I love reading history. I love studying history. I love showing how prophecy is coming to pass. But the main reason we do this is to make sure that you know, folks, we don't have much time left and you need to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, you say, well, how do I do that? Be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. If you don't know how to be born again, call 1-800-END-TIME, 1-800-363-8463. Ask for the free brochure. What do you mean born again? It's your only ticket out of here, folks. Or you can go to endtime.com and just type in the, the search bar, What do you mean born again? It'll come up. You can read the whole thing. And then I can find you a church to help you facilitate that. It's very important. It's the most important thing.
3: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time.
0: Now, let me bring you up to date on this world government. Um, We've been through some of this before when we've talked about the um, Council on Foreign Relations, the Brookings Institute, the Federal Reserve, how it all started over 100 years ago to implement world government even here in the United States where they could get control of a central bank and control our economy and our money and everything going on here in the United States. There are people that want to pull us up into that. There are a lot of people that resist that here in the United States. And I believe that the world, that we, the United States will not be part of the world government in the end time. How all that plays out, I don't know. I know what the Bible says. Revelation 12 14, that we're not we're not going to be part of the world government. We're going to stand with Israel all the way to the end against the world governing body. How all that takes place, I do not know the answer to that. I just know how it's going to end up. It's going to be interesting to see, isn't it? And I mean, every from the United from the 1945 when the United Nations was established until Donald Trump, every president was pro-world government. Every president. And then you say, well, what about Ronald Reagan? You realize Ronald Reagan was originally part of the, um, what was it called? The World Federalist Association, something like that. It was one of those organizations originally. When he came into, into power as president, then it was him against Gorbachev. And he was talking about the Berlin Wall and all these different things. But at the end, he made peace with the United Nations and said, hey, we need this great one world governing organization. So every president, yes, he was a little leery of it, but not like a Donald Trump was. When Donald Trump came into office, he started pulling us out of world government just one right after another. Lifting regulations, all these different things. He was against the Federal Reserve, you know. And so Donald Trump was the, uh, he was the maverick against world government. Okay, so they got rid of him. Now, now we've got Joe Biden, a globalist, one-world government. We're right back where we have been since 1945. World government being implemented, you know, socialism. And um, this my, my uh, lesson I'll be doing in um, Garland here Saturday night will show you how Joe Biden's in on all of this. But the American thinker, they published an article The flow of money creates a path to the one world government. I got so much good information over the last week or so, folks, that I'll be doing many programs on because everything is happening so fast. So listen to this. Let me take you back in time. I'll bring you up to today. The article states this. I pulled a few excerpts. We are grateful to the Washington Post. Now, Rockefeller said this, okay? He said, We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications for their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. The work is now much more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government. The supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national autodetermination practiced in past centuries. David Rockefeller said that to the Trilateral Commission in 1991. These gentlemen knew that they were trying to establish a one world governing body. Rockefeller, you say, well, he was from um, China or Russia. No, no, he's from the United States. The property that the United Nations sits on today was donated to them by the Rockefellers. So, this statement was made, what, 30 years ago? And it basically means that the conspiracy to replace our constitutional republic began decades and decades ago. Before that, what, 1951, with the assistance of respected journalists. Supposedly, I mean, Time Magazine and all these other things that you would think, hey, they're just, they're, they would never push an agenda. Come on, everybody. Seventy years of concerted effort to leave the we, the people, in the dark. It's probably more like over a hundred years. So James Warburg, the financial advisor to the FDR, and part of the banking family that stood to gain financially from world government, testified in 1950 before a Senate congressional subcommittee that we shall have a world government, whether you like it or not by conquest or consent. This issue has been with us since George Washington took office in 1789. A small cadre of interconnected bankers was already well established in England, France, Austria, Germany, Italy, and these bankers took advantage of the chaos growing out of the The rejection of of Roman Catholicism and the social breakdown and vehement hatreds that grew out of the Protestant Reformation by funding both sides through government debt of the many resultant wars and revolutions and then funding the peace afterward. It's all about money and control at the end of the day to these people. The profits were enormous. As Europe went through the the revolutionary turmoil of the 19th and 20th centuries, world bankers wove through societies like malignancy, manipulating world leaders, destabilizing whole nations of people, and supporting these philosophies that promote centralized authority, including international authority, that would strengthen world banking arrangements, i.e., consider all the central banks around the world that are ran by the Bank of International Settlements, the central bank of central banks. You don't hear about that much in the news, do you? Well, America's kind of a different matter. First, we we were isolated by two oceans and developing a stable and productive society from the horrors of Europe, right, supposedly. And the article said that we had no Roman Catholic experience to reject We did reject atheism, and we are a God-fearing, God-respecting nation. Most of us, I should say. there There is a faction here that has no fear of God. You can tell that by their actions. And the federal constitution, as well as each state constitution, created a framework for ordered liberty, America's unique and irreplaceable rule of law, decentralizing authority, federalism, and that's one of the philosophical anchors to that framework. But we have, we have been the prize for this group of bankers since the beginning of our republic. The, the, this creating central banks in each country the cartel would control was part of the scheme. Washington reluctantly supported Alexander Hamilton's First Bank of the United States. And that bank's funding came almost entirely from private investors, with one of the most significant being the Bank of england and When the charter of the First Bank of the United States was not renewed amid great public opposition in in uh, eighteen eleven it was one more point of contention between British and Americans leading to the war of eighteen twelve so so much so much so that that Bank of England had a leading role in the decision to go to war. Had the Bank of England not wanted the war, it likely would not have happened. And, you know, other reasons were connected to this uh, Napoleonic Wars. The British were um, uh, impressing U.S. sailors into the British Navy, and they feared American support for France, and they placed restrictions on trade uh, that were England's concerns that the United States was helping Napoleon... And there was still a fallout from 1807, uh, this British attack on the USS Chesapeake. So I know this is a lot of history, but I'm going to bring you right up here when we get done. After the peace, a second bank of the United States was chartered, but was vehemently opposed by President Andrew Jackson when its charter came up for renewal in 1832. Jackson's view of European bankers was, Hey, you're a den of vipers and thieves. He was shot twice by an assassin at point-blank range, but did not die, okay? Now, we do not know if the two events are linked. Lincoln and Garfield and Kennedy opposed this cancer as well. As President Garfield put it, whoever controls the money of the nation controls the nation. And that's true. I mean, look at how the Federal Reserve today controls America. They, they, Everybody looks, hey, is the Fed going to raise interest rates? Are they going to lower interest rates? What's going on? America surrendered to the pressure for a central bank in 1913 with the help of James Warburg's father, Paul Warburg. We've talked about him many times on this program. Woodrow Wilson signed the Federal Reserve Act following the model of Europe, but in a way, um, it thought palatable to the American people. In other words, we were duped, everybody. And thus we have, at, at the, the, we have been at a constant war pretty much since 1917 and have allowed our wealth to be transferred elsewhere. In 100 years, we have gone from a debt of about $3 billion with a B to $30 trillion. Decentralized authority, federalism, gave way to the more easily corruptible federal power. You ever feel like you don't have a voice? Say, yeah, but I vote. Well, I vote too. But it's still, for years and years and years, I thought, why am I voting? I mean, we kind of get, regardless whether Republican, Democrat, whatever, you're going to get the same thing. So this is the reality of today. The mission by those opposed to our constitutional republic is now how to get the American people to consent to the loss of their constitutional system and accept perpetual debt slavery and control through the United Nations, world government, everybody, the supernatural, supranational sovereignty of the intellectual elite and world bankers. As David Rockefeller tells us, by conquest or consent, added James Warburg. So you could see here, world government, it's not a figment of our imagination. The United Nations, the World Health Organization, World Trade Organization, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, all of those things are designed to govern the planet. How do they get control of the finances of a country, a central bank. The United States has one, the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is no more federal than Federal Express. It's not government. It's part of the one world governing cabal of bankers. You say, well, oh, no, I thought that was a myth. I thought that was conspiracy theory. Oh, no, no, no do your research and the Bible says there's going to be a one world governing body in the end time ran by the Antichrist and the false prophet the false prophet prophet is going to be his partner leading the world's religions that leads me to my next point the evangelical focus of Europe they published an article get this and I'm going to get back to this I'm going to read this again after the break because I I know we got the music coming up here But they said that Pope Francis, the chaplain of the United Nations. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. This is Bible prophecy written 2,000 to 2,500 years ago, and we're living through it right now in 2022. It's starting off with a bang. Fasten your seatbelt.
4: I've been part of the end-time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry
0: You know, I started off the program with the Antichrist and world government. And I also told you about the false prophet, his partner in the end time. The Holy Roman Empire, that's why I wanted to go through that. Because there's a world governing body. The seat of that will be the Holy Roman Empire or Europe. The Holy Roman Empire, the original and the revival. The original was always ran by the most powerful political leader from Europe which was almost always a Germanic king. He said, well, does that guarantee the Antichrist will be from Germany? No, it does not. But I know he'll come from Europe. And the religious partner, that's why it was called the Holy Roman Empire, not just the Roman Empire, was always ran, the religious part was always ran by the Pope from Rome, the most powerful religious leader from Rome, which was always the Pope. So I told you about world government I gave you an update on that. I'll be giving you updates all through the year. I mean, we're going we're gonna to be talking about this stuff till the cows come home or till Jesus comes back, whichever happens first. <laughs> but the evangelical focus of Europe, when we talk about Pope, the Pope Francis, the chaplain of the United Nations. Now think about this. The world government. You understand that the Pope's decades, really since Vatican Council II in the early 60s, every single pope has called for a world governing body, everyone, a global political authority to help manage the so-called crisis in the earth, whether it's an economic crisis or whatever it is. And so when I saw this article... That they were calling, they said the Pope Francis might be the chaplain of the United Nations. I've already known that for years. I pulled a few excerpts from the article and I'm quoting. It says In observing the recent global activities of the Pope, the Pope is involved in just about every global, international, uh, global governing effort that there is, climate change. Um, it, wealth redistribution, social justice, uh the uh, the economy, I mean you name it. He's involved in the, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism about um redoing our economy, moving towards a socialistic type economy, moving off of capitalism. So <clears throat> the article says in observing the recent global activities of the Pope, the Argentinian philosopher. Ruben Pererto Rivas, he compared them with those of an international organization and asked whether Pope Francis aims at becoming the chaplain of the United Nations. I would venture to say he already is the chaplain. And before I go through this article, I'll just share something with you. The Sustainable Development Goals, I talk about that all the time. A lot of people, the reason I talk about it is because a lot of people don't even have a clue what they are. The Sustainable Development Goals is the United Nations' socialistic blueprint for every single person on the planet. And they're working to implement them into all of our lives by 2030. It's a 2030 agenda. When the Sustainable Development Goals were or were signed on to by every nation, 193 nations of the United Nations in 2015, They had the speeches set up to where they were going to be voting on this. They pushed the speeches back for, I think it was an hour or two, so that Pope Francis could go speak in favor of the socialistic blueprint to govern the planet. They had Pope Francis speak before that, then had the other speeches, and then they took the vote. Well, of course, everybody on the planet. Well, I should say all the leaders, even uh, President Obama at that time, signed the United States onto that. Now, what other religious leader on the planet did they have speak before that and advocate for the Sustainable Development Goals? None other than Pope Francis. So, when you talk about the chaplain of the United Nations... I'm not speculating. I think he's already there. And so the article goes on to say his 2020 universal initiatives indeed look like those of the United Nations in language, scope, and content. Well, of course. Because he is completely aligned with the United Nations and the world governing body. In his Fratelli Tutti, or all brothers, encyclical, it has been rightly called the political manifesto of Pope Francis's pontificate. In fact, there's a lot of politics and a lot of sociology in the encyclical. It's called, again, All Brothers, Fratelli, Fratelli Tutti. It was from um, October 3, 2020. In it, and listen very closely at this. In this encyclical, Pope Francis wants to plead the cause of universal fraternity and social friendship. To do this, and you've got to really search for this stuff, you guys. But if you go through it, you can find it. In order to do this, he speaks of borders to be broken. Okay? Well, we see that here in the United States. we got a government, a president, that will not protect an international border. Think about that. He also says in this encyclical, for a waste to be avoided, human rights that are not sufficiently universal... And unjust globalization, burdensome pandemics, of migrants to be welcomed, open societies, don't protect your borders again, solidarity, people's rights, local government exchanges, limits of liberal political vision, and get this, and of world government, of world governance. Same thing. He's saying, we need a world government. He's not even trying to hide it. In his encyclical, an encyclical normally goes out to cardinals, bishops, and archbishops. It's a message from the Pope. Pope, The ideology of the the Pope right now, here's what I want to say to the church. But he's saying, hey, we, we need a world government. And he's called for world government many times. He goes on to say, a political love, recognition of the other, injustice of any war, and the abolition of the death penalty. So, you've got people that are looking at Pope Francis and saying, hey, you know, this, this religious leader, he's absolutely aligned with one world government, world religion, and, I mean, he's involved. He's the one that signed the pact with the imam down in the United Arab Emirates, on, um, on brotherhood fratern- brotherhood and fraternity or something like that, and saying that the plural the, the plurality of religions is willed by God more than in other words more than one religion is willed by God, in other words, which is diametrically opposed to the Bible, but for years, not just this pope, all of the popes back to Vatican II, advocated for a world government. Go back and look in their encyclicals. Go back and look at um, Google on uh, the Pope's call for a world government. It'll give you all their quotes. And they've all called for a world political authority because they're in alignment with it. I'm not going to be in alignment with it because it's world government. And this is why I go through these prophecies all the time because the world government, Revelation 13, 1, 2, and 3... The Bible says that the, the um, dragon gave it its seat, power, and great authority. That's a very key statement there in that scripture. The dragon, the world governing efforts are driven by Satan himself. It's all about backbiting, control, um, espionage. It's about deceitfulness. And I'm not going to be a part of that. That's world government. I don't want anything to do with that. I want want to be a part of the kingdom of God. And so that's what I'm promoting, not promoting world government. And so you, you should never be in alignment with a religious leader that promotes world government because they're going to be on the wrong side of Jesus Christ when he comes back. And so this is why we need to talk about these things. When we talk about the, I started off with the Holy Roman Empire, the Antichrist, the false prophet, they're going to be in alignment with each other. The false prophet is going to be one of the main perpetrators of the Great Tribulation, everybody. Supposedly, a religious figure. So you say, well, wow. And then it goes on to talk about many things that the Pope is calling for, the global compact on education, many things that he's advocating for all the way down through there. About, um, you know, all brothers and uh, this, the pope's, Pope Francis' universalist agenda. In a, video, in a video message aired on uh, back on October of 2020, he commended the Global Compact on Education, an ambitious plan in the field of education worldwide to bring about a change of mentality. And the, the Global Compact on Education is worked out with the mission of 4.7. It's a UN-backed advisory group, now get this, of civil and political leaders aiming to meet the educational target of the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. World government, again, the Sustainable Development Goals, the socialistic blueprint of the United Nations to govern every single person on the planet. And many things that Pope Francis is doing is advocating for the Sustainable Development Goals. Now, you know, everybody, I've got... Man, I've got a couple minutes left here, but I've got so much information to go over. And I'll be going, I got so much of it from this past week. There's articles flying everywhere on this stuff. This stuff is happening so fast. We'll do our best to keep up with it in 2022. I'm looking forward to a great year. I want to tell you, though, before I get off the air today. 2021 was chaotic. A lot of things happened. And... We report on prophecies and things that are going on and, you know, all these different things, um, chaotic events, apocalyptic events. But I want to tell you that End Time Ministries, Dave Robbins, Doug Norvell, Vince, all of us had a great year. And when I say a great year, I mean I saw people's lives changed all around the globe. Yes, yes. Satan is working to establish a world government in the earth. But in all of the chaos and all of the world religion and all the different things that are happening, precursors of the mark of the beast, we'll talk about that this whole year. But in the midst of all of that, I saw lives changed. I saw people come to Jesus Christ and be born again, all literally all over the planet in in communist countries. I've got people that are in contact with me in communist countries that have, have been baptized, they're, they're being one to the Lord, God's kingdom is expanding, and I'm so thankful for that. So, I don't want it to seem like um, I'm in the mully grub, down in the mully grubs and uh, I'm hanging my head. No, we had a great year because in the midst of all of this chaos, the Bible says where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. And just like the apostles under the reign of a Roman world government, and when Jesus was here, they had great revival, and many good things happened. That's the same way we're doing. Many great things are happening. God is continuing to bless, but you got to get on God's team. If you're not born again, if you're not ready to meet the Lord, that's the goal of 2022. It wasn't 2021 as well. But we'll be talking about it a lot more this year. A lot of big plans for 2022. Thank you so much for coming on this ride with us. Looking forward to a great year. I want to say God bless each and every one of you. We pray for you. Ask God to bless your homes and your families. And looking forward to many more programs this year.
4: This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at one 800 end That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.